Welcome to Let's Talk with Juanita Norris. I am here today talking with none other than my son, Terrence Nobles. Terrence, uh, would you introduce yourself to the viewers, please? Hello, uh, I'm Terrence Nobles. I am the son of Juanita Norris. I am a proud son. Uh, I am active duty military in the Navy, married, two beautiful daughters. Um, and yeah, I mean, we'll get into it. Let's do All it. All right. All right, Terrence, let's go ahead and let's get into it. Let's let's talk about, um, you know, growing up, you grew up in rural Georgia to a single female household. And, you know, we know what statistics says about growing up in um, single family households. You know, there are some stereotypes about it and what you will achieve from coming from a single female household, especially living in um, in a rural area. Tell me, how was it growing up um, with a single parent and having an absentee parent? Um, so I will say that when I was younger, it was harder. Had a lot of friends that had both their parents in the household. And I always thought that I was different because I didn't have a parent. Like I didn't have my dad growing up for the most part. And it kind of skewed my views on like family dynamics uh, all the way up until, you know, I was a little older when I started to understand more that, you know, it's very common to have a single parent household. It's very common for sons to be raised by their mothers. But I will say that there was no shortage of male role models in my life. Okay. Can you do me a favor? Can you expand on when you say it skewed your views? What what were some of the views that you felt? What were some of the things that um you thought about being in a single parent household? Well, mm, I guess when I was younger, it skewed my views to think that not having both parents is something to be ashamed of. Not having both parents is, is not good, you know, and this was, you know, during a time where, you know, I don't want to say boomers, but the older generation were still very prevalent in like telling people that like you need to be married, you need to have all this, that, and a third before you have children. And if you don't have that dynamic, then you're wrong. You know, and Yeah, I get that. You know, um, yes. I did hear some of those things um, when I was pregnant with you. Um, it was some things said to me. It was some challenges. You know, when um, I even got married, 
it was sad to me. You know, a family member was like, well, you're going to leave your son with your, your mom, right? <laughs> and that totally caught me off guard. And I was like, why in the world would I leave my son with my mom because I got married and be separated from my child? I didn't have an understanding of that. And they was like, well, it's not their child. And I was like, you know, no, it's not their child, but he's my child. And this is a package deal. If you love me, then you love what all comes with me. Then you love my child. And if that was not the case, then that was not the person that I would be with. And I, I really don't think that um, we had an issue with that. Um, I want to know what your viewpoints on growing up, you know, what it was like prior to me getting married. And then when I did get married. Um, I guess prior to you getting married, it was just like me and you against the world. That's what it felt like. Uh, you know, we had family and everything, but at the end of the day, family wasn't with you and I, you know, um, And I think that in those early years, I viewed like our dynamic is, it's me and you against the world. Nobody else matters. Um, and we're going to make sure that we're good. You know, I couldn't do much as a kid. Like, but then it, back then I thought I was like, a, like, I'm the man of the house, you know, yada, yada. And when you met, you know, you met Maurice, it wasn't, you handled it in, I think, a very good way. You didn't just throw him in my face. You didn't just, like, introduce him to me as soon as you started dating. All right. I mean, granted that, like, I met him before, but I was also a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know you guys weren't talking or anything or doing anything back then so it was new and you slowly introduced him into our lives so I guess once everything became serious and cemented and we were all living together you know marriage happened it opened my eyes to like, this is what it's like to have two parents in the household. This is what it's like to have two support systems. You know, there's your personality and then his personality. And, you know, I have two people that really care about me and my well being and that are looking out for me. Uh, I think as I got older, I grasped that concept a lot better. And I was never afraid to, to come to Maurice for anything. I was never afraid to come to either one of you for anything. And you know uh, that, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you know, when you say that, it's like, that means so much to me because 
even growing up, it's some people I dated you never met because I, I feel like I need to let women know as soon as you date someone, you can't bring them into your, your children's lives. You have to know that this person is going to be around um, for the long haul, that this person is going to be a part of that growth process, not just with you and them, but with you and another person that you're totally responsible for. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you feel like I did good in the way that you were introduced to, um, to Maurice. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that goes for like anybody who, who's co-parenting in today's world. And, you know, it's more, it's more socially acceptable to be separated from the other parent of your, your child now, as opposed to, you know, back in the, the nineties till the turn of the century. Um, it's, it's a slow burn kind of thing. Because at the end of the day, you know, your children are, are always going to be yours. The person you're dating is not always guaranteed. So why would you, why would you introduce someone that's new to your life that you're not 100% sure about into the life of your child and risk many different things? You know, there's like, you know, there are extremes of it. Like someone, you see people who date someone, introduce them to their children, and then they're abusive to their child because in that person's eyes, it's not my child, why do I care? You know, so, you know, that's, you know, that's the extreme of it. And then other people, you know, they view like, oh, I'm married to this person. They have other children. They're my stepchild. They're not like, they're not mine versus how Maurice was and is to this day. Like, that's my son. Like, Oh, I didn't know you had a son. Yeah. Like, I have a son. He's not biologically mine, but he's my son. I never, never heard him. Oh, that's my stepchild. That's, you know, he's like, that's my son. <laughs> you mess with him. You're messing with me. <laughs> very, very protective. Yeah. And, you know, just non nonsensical. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, you and I grew up together. It was like I was 21 when I got pregnant with you. I was 22 when you were born. And it was just that was a time in like my life. As you, you know, as we've talked about, as you've gotten older, that was a difficult time in my life. I had gone through some traumatic experiences. Um, when we're, 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 we don't we're not going to delve into today. But you know what I'm talking about. And then the other one was, you know, I lost my dad. And I was really in a dark place in my life. And you know what? Even though people say, talk about having children, not being married, and that is not, you know, God didn't intend that. But you know what? God intended you to be my son because you were the reason that that spiral out of control that I was heading down, that rabbit hole that I was heading down, you know, 
finding out that I was pregnant with you changed me. It gave me a resolve. It intensified my will to even want to be here, even want to be productive and move forward because my dad meant so much to me. And then the other things that I had to endure and go through had broken me. I felt broken in that moment and, and God gave me you. And I always tell you that, you know, you were, you were a gift to save me. And I, you know, that love that you and I share and have for you growing up with me going through the hard times. And I feel the same way. We shared times that, you know, money was funny. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it was a struggle. You know, I was working. I was trying to go get certifications and training, working a second job. You know, I'm grateful for family. You know, I'm grateful for uh, my mom your your uncle and my uncle James who you know would get you and and take you get off Georgia Pacific and you know after working all day and pick you up from daycare and take you home with him to help me you know it, it was good to have those type of support systems and you know you went through the hard times with me we we went through those things together um your sister got your sister got, she looked out, <laughs> you know, but it was just that steadfast with you and I. And then it was like you and me against the world. And it was that. It was us. We always had us. And um, I loved it. And I love that this bond that we've grown through the years. And, you know, I appreciate you. I just want you to know that. I appreciate you, too. Uh, can you give me one moment? Yes. Sorry about that. All right. Sorry about that. But yeah, I, I'm very appreciative of everything that you, you did for me. Like, you know, throughout my entire life that you did for Mackenzie as well, our family. Um, and I'm still appreciative, like appreciative of everything you do for us today. Yeah. You know, 30 years later, you're still just helping us in all the ways you possibly can. And you're always a support system for us. And, you know, when you, you going back to when you said, you know, money was funny, you know, but you know, I never knew. Like there wasn't a Christmas where I didn't get the gifts that I like, you know, appreciated and asked for. It wasn't, you know, a birthday where there wasn't cake and fun with friends and family. 
Yeah, you know, when, when we're parents and you're a parent of two beautiful girls now, it's you you make things happen, you make it work. <laughs> so, you know, what what are some of the things and some of the challenges that you had growing up? Just being a young black male, being young, black and educated in America. That's 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 what I wanna know. How did you feel about your formative years of, uh, you know, growing up? from your early remem remembrance of being uh, in school until you graduated, um, how do you feel that you were treated? What are some of the things that you feel like you had to go through and something that you can share with um, other young men that are coming up in this, um, this era? Things have really changed uh, with the court rulings in the last year. We've seen so many changes and challenges uh, even since um, COVID-19. Um, what would you tell a young man today? So this is going to be kind of a, a two-part answer. Uh, not just young men, but young Black like people in general. Uh We are not viewed the same as everyone else in America. And, you know, this, this country isn't, it isn't built around us or for us, but we've thrived, prospered, and like taken what, you know, what we, what we need, the things that we deserve and we're still fighting today for the things that we deserve. Um, and some of the, the things that with these recent court rulings of not seeing race for, for certain things, you know, like college applications and scholarships and grants where, you know, a percentage of those were dedicated for people of color, you know, at the African-American community. And now that's not a thing. So nothing's stopping them from saying, well, we don't have to do it anymore. You know, uh, this is me, like, hoping what I'm saying next isn't going to be the outcome. But I wouldn't be surprised to see a drastic drop in, like, Black African applicants to you know these predominantly white colleges of like harvard yale mit and just colleges throughout the south uh and scholarships like not going to people because now they can openly pick and choose and they don't have to meet a quota as sad as it sounds, I'm hoping that's never going to be the case, but we have to fight for what we, what we want. We have to fight for what we deserve and what we need. And we can't just turn a blind eye to, we can't turn a blind eye to the corruption against our people. 
Right. And, you know, it's a lot of challenges. But one of the things I've always taught you all, too, is that no one's ever going to give you anything. You have to take it for yourself. You never can blame. A, you, we, we can't always, you know, it's a lot of times people want to say, well, this person is holding me down because of this. You know, there are other factors into it, too. And I want you to talk about that because we've talked about that a lot with you all growing up. What are the what are your perspectives as from learning a little bit from me when I say, no, don't use it as excuse. You know, you have to be 10 times better. So do what you need to do. Tell me, like, how have you learned from that? Like, give me some things that you're willing to talk about that you did learn and say, you know what, I can't um, use that as an excuse. You know, it's there. I already know it, that it's, it's there and that's what it is. But what do you have to do? You know, how did you go from people saying that you weren't going to achieve? Because statistically, by the third grade, you know, your prospect was going to jail. How did you change that narrative? I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie and say I was like, you know, the 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 smartest student in the class. I'm not going to lie and say like, I fully applied myself with everything that I did. And that's nobody's fault except for my own. But what I did was make sure that no one could tell me I was stupid. No one could, no one can ever take the things that I know from me. And like I, I've said to people before, it's like people can take a lot of things from you physically, mentally, but one thing they can never take from you is your education, the things you know. So, hey, I might have this, this one teacher that doesn't like me and they're mad that I'm sleeping in their class. But <laughs> when it comes to these test scores and all these assignments, like I'm one of your highest rated students you know, hey, he hasn't turned his work in in like two weeks. And then, oh, oh, here's everything for the next four months. Well, we're not doing that yet. Well, it doesn't matter. I went ahead. Uh, I taught myself. You know, so that's just, you know, one little example that you know about. And I, I won't say I was the best person when I was younger. I was very... I was very much a a butthole. <laughs> I was very, I was very condescending, nonchalant, and sarcastic to people. And you know, I didn't care about what I said to people. I just told you how I felt at the time, whether it be good or bad. Uh, so good thing, like with age, I become a little more tactful with the things I say to people and how I say it. Uh, every once in a while, being in the military is a little, sometimes you have to, you have to be on the, the rougher edge of things when you talk to people, but it's better than when I was, you know, 16 to like 24. <laughs> and, you know, I have to laugh about that because I have 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh yes, let's let's talk about you on that part. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I mean, you got you the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Some of it, <laughs> some of it. No, so I wasn't as bad as you, but some of it I I, I have that ownership in. But you know, I'm, it's so funny. I I do remember going out to the school and I'm like. He came home and did the work. I would see you do the work. I knew you did the work. And I just could not understand for the life of me <laughs> why you would not turn in your assignments and you would always have them completely completed. And it was so funny that, you know, it was like, okay, Grace got to go in and he didn't turn any assignment. They were trying to give you all zeros and you were going to flunk class. And I was like, no. And we came out there. You went to your locker true story people he went to his locker and he brought out and gave the man all every assignment and he is telling the truth it was up to, he had already taught himself and did other assignments prior to ahead in the book and he, oh my god it's just I, I just never understood it but you know <laughs> it is too funny Terrence you know it it, it is but you know, I always knew that you could do it. You could put every, whatever your mind was. Uh, you could you could do whatever you put your mindset to. Now, I want to know as, you know, I got married. You know, Maurice and I got married. And, you know, now we're divorced and I'm, I'm, I'm remarried. And you and Maurice still have a beautiful relationship. He's still your dad. He's still um, um, your girl's grandfather. He still is a part of your life. How was it different than when Mackenzie came along? Do you feel that things changed, uh, good or bad? You know, how do you feel that we handled the transition in blending that family? And then now you um, ended up with a stepsister, um, Maurice's daughter, and then also introducing your sister. Because, you know, we don't do halves here. So she was your your sister Mackenzie how do you feel like um that was with you for being an only child for eight years and then introducing this new person whose father is part of the household how do you think um you and your sister are and how you've grown from from the time she entered into our lives so I will say um I didn't think anything was different from after you had Mackenzie. I know you were sick for a little while, uh, like in the, you know, that first year or so. And like, you know, it slowed you down, but you were, you, you still remained I guess, active as much as you could. You did like the things you could do. And Maurice was always very active, made sure I made it to everything, you know, and like she was a baby. Uh, I think by the time I was, you know, I was eight years old, I understood that, you know, babies need a lot of attention. I think it's better than what I'm like, the dynamic I got going right now with the three year old and then and a new baby. But, uh, I don't remember the transitioning being like rocky or rough. Uh, 
I remember it being, you know, very smooth. Occasionally out here crying in the middle of the night. <laughs> but that was, you know, that's what babies do. Um, and I think as far as like those earlier stages, Mackenzie and I weren't very close because we were so spread. And you, you never put the burden on me or Mauricia to like babysit when it came to like, when we were, you know, older, it's like, you never said like, oh, if you're going, you have to take your sister with you. You know, if you're doing this, you have to take your sister. So, you know, I think Mackenzie and I weren't like, very close because of the age difference you know back then i think once i <laughs> once i like got older you know i went away and came back uh we were a whole lot closer just because she was older you know she was she was you know early teens and or you know preteen. let me say that she was still in middle school and I guess I, I could relate to her more like, oh, I remember what school was like. I like, you know, this, that, um, and I think she felt more, more open to ask me for my advice on things, ask me how I would handle things. And now look at us today, we talk. You know, we went from, like, I don't know. I, if you ask Mackenzie, she barely knew me. And now we, we talk on the regular basis almost every day. You yeah. know, if not, you know, two or three times a week. So. I get it. Because Lamar and I, my brother, are nine years apart. So yeah, that, that I understand that dynamic. And now we talk all the time. Like we are so close. We talk multiple times a day or m multiple times in the week. So that's a, that, you know, that has been a great thing. How do you think coming, you know, like we talked about the dynamics, you coming from a single household, um, you growing up here in the South, how do you think that has prepared you for your military career? Cause now you're 10 years in, I'm so proud of you. You're petty officer first class. You um, are, married with kids you know how do you think that shaped your perspective um well <laughs> i guess my i felt like my perspective like you know the stuff before i joined the military or like you know joining the military like you and both you know my biological father prior service members yeah, I was I felt like I was already kind of prepared for like you know the military life and because I wasn't raised to have like a strict set of views you know you let us be who we are uh, I wasn't like you know the this you know I wasn't the stereotypical person 
like I wasn't a stereotypical young black man. Like I'm not quote unquote thugged out or whatever. Yeah, when I <laughs> the way you raised me, I I I speak the way I speak, and I'm very proper. So growing up in the country, everybody, you know, had a view of me being like, oh, you're hoity-toity. You're, oh, you talk like that. Why you talk like you white, you know? And this is like, you know, why you, why you talk like, why, why do you talk like you're white? And then it's white people asking me, why do I talk so proper? You know, because, you know, we're in the South, <laughs> right? So, oh, oh, you must be from, like, New York, or you must be from somewhere up North. And it's like, no, I was, I'm from here. I'm from Georgia. This is where I'm from. Oh, you don't sound like it. I mean, I speak the way I speak. I, you know, that set me up for for successes. Yeah, and then just being... introduced to a lot of things like you know introduced to different music introduced to like like things outside the norm All right Right. You know, I, I know I remember I remember you coming home and you were like, I don't get it. You know, um, we had moved back um, down to the small town that I'm originally from, from living in Atlanta. So it was a real cultural shock, I think, because you had left when you were young. Um, so it was a difference where. It is so funny because I was very I, I knew how it was. My like, I feel like when in Rome, do as a Roman. I feel like when I was in the military, I changed the way I spoke because people don't understand it. When you're from the South, I used to say orange. I couldn't say orange. It was like no one ever said anything when I was living down South, growing up in the South of the difference in the words because they were so used to us cutting off words. They knew what we meant. Uh, and the, not the enunciation wasn't a big thing. But when I went into the military, all my friends were Northerners mostly. And it I became very self-conscious of how I spoke. And when I came back down here, it seems like I referred back. It's just I, I fell back into how I was used to speaking. And uh, I remember you came home, but I was adamant that you were, you were going to speak a certain way. You were going to use your word correctly. You were going to know how to enunciate your words. It was just hysterical, but I felt like you had to know how to speak properly. And I remember you came home and you was like, do you know, you said, mom, I feel like I'm not black enough for the black kids and I'm too, and I'm black, too black for the, for the white kids. Yeah. And I just feel like I don't belong. And I said, you know, we had a conversation and I said, you are who you are. You're your own. You're going to be your own man. You're your own individual. And we were all created to be our unique self. So no, you don't have to be anybody like anybody else. You just have to be you. And, um, I, I think you embraced it and you were, you've been always okay to being you. And I'm, I'm so proud that you took that and you didn't let it bother you. You 
started being around people that wanted to be around you, the same interests to do things. And you have great friends that you're still friends with. And um, that's good. And, you know, I just I just want you to tell anyone that's listening to us today, like especially someone uh, young coming up and they they're considered different. I want you to let them know, you know, what is it that you feel that, you know, about being different? Um, different is good. <laughs> you know, you don't want to be the same as everybody else. I mean, uh, if you're the same as everybody else, it doesn't make you memorable at all. Um, and like you said, uh, I've, me being the, the person that I am and how different I was, I, I hung out with a vast cast of people. Like <laughs> the ensemble was crazy. Uh, and you know, still to this day, I'm like, I have a lot of friends that are not, I guess, uh, I won't say normal. They're, they're normal people. Everybody's like normal in their own way. But the way I grew or the way I am, it allowed me to like understand people a lot better. You know, I have friends from so many different cultures um like and then you know i guess that prepared me for the military because there's people from everywhere you know some of my good friends are like you know dominican yeah friends that are from new york friends that are from california uh friends from the uk so or you know it's It's good to be different. It's good to be unique. Yes, very much so. And you know, how do you think? Um, how do you think uh, growing up uh, has prepared you for fatherhood? You know, you have two beautiful daughters. Um, my grandbabies love them. <laughs> so, how do you think um, life prepared you for, for fatherhood? Because at one point in time, you know, you were like, I don't want kids. And now you're the father of two. Um, so two things changed that. One, I met my beautiful wife. And I actually, we, we have long talks about <laughs> whether we were going to or not. And, you know, now we, we have the two that we have. But I think seeing the men that were in my life while growing up made like help me with the traits that I have of being a parent, a father, you know, and I won't just say a father, but a parent in general, because sometimes, you know, dads have to play mom. Sometimes mom has to play dad, you know, when it comes to children, like in your, your significant other, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I guess the, the term is like people say, you know, relationships are 50-50, but they're really not, you know, not everybody is going to be that 50%, you know, sometimes, you know, I only have 20 and my wife has to 
pull up to the 80% that she needs to get us through the day, and, you know, vice versa, like, because we're human, we're not always at 100%. <laughs> and I think growing up, it helped with you help me understand that, you know, sometimes, you know, after you had Mackenzie, you couldn't do all the things that you normally did. And Maurice took up that slack as best as he could, or like the best way he knew how to. And like now it's just like, it's a learning process still because no kids are the same. You know, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she isn't, she isn't like, you know, me or my wife when we were children, you know, she's her own person. She's got her own personality. Yeah. Then, you know, the same with the brand new baby already, you know, three months old, but she, she has her, like what she likes, what she doesn't like, like, so yeah, I guess nobody's ever a hundred percent prepared, but having a good support system helps you be better prepared. Oh. Okay. So, you know, um, I want to, I want to take time and like, we can go ahead and wrap things up. What, 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 what would be your takeaway? What, what would be your takeaway to let, um, let a mom, you know, let a mom know and a kid know. I want to see the two perspectives. What would you tell a mother who's raising a young man, a, a, a little boy now? What would you say to her? And then vice versa. What would you tell a young man? So I guess I'll I'll start with uh, you know talking to you know mother. Be like, it's not always going to be easy, and it it can it's going to be really hard. You know, especially if it's single, single, it's going to be a lot of sacrifices. A lot of things that you know you want to do but you can't do and that staying strong and like building them building your child up to be the person that you want them to be keeping positive role models in their lives is going to help you help them yeah, you can't, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. Nobody can do it on their own. Uh, yeah, that only lasts for so long. People get burned out and it's okay. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to want a break. Uh, but just remember that you love them and they love you. It's not always going to be happy times, especially, you know, get, getting older, teenage years, they start, what's the term, smelling themselves, <laughs> you know, but, you know, constantly reassuring, you know, your love for them and that, you know, you want the best for them 
you know, are always present. You're always a support system for them. And allowing them to, you know, express themselves in a healthy way is the biggest key to helping them be a better person when they're older. And then I guess the, like, uh, there, I feel like there's so much more you could say because it's, it's not something you just tell someone in five minutes is, you know, yeah. there's <laughs> lifetimes of experience that's going on. And, you know, like I said, no, no two kids are the same, but do what works for you. And that's not going to burn you out. Right. And then telling a kid like, Hey, this person loves you. This person wants nothing but the best for you. Always be the best, do the best you can. And maintain a healthy relationship with them. Uh, not you know sometimes it's not easy, but never, never forget that they they love you. Never forget that they care about you. You know, you you might not understand now, but it'll all make sense when you're older. You know, this yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it's just so many, so many thoughts running through my head. It's kind of hard to just pick pick them out of the. Yeah, I I understand it, but you know, I want to end with this. I want, I want to say to, to, to our black mothers, um, uh, raising sons, um, even raise, just, just raising your children, not just sons, but daughters also, Mm -hmm. especially with the sons. This is what I want to say. Never compare your sons to their fathers. Never tell them you're going to be just like your dad. He's no good and you're not, you're no good either. Never downplay a person's parent to them. Don't talk about the dads. Don't talk about all their shortcomings. Don't say these negative things about their dads. I don't care whether they're doing or not doing. That is not a conversation that you need to have with your child. If they don't show up, then say, you know what, babe, I'm so sorry um, that your dad didn't show up. I don't know what um, happened, Um, but it doesn't matter because we're here. We still can do this. We're still going to move on. We're going to still have this. Just keep encouraging them. And then at one point, you, you know, your sons or your daughters might say some things and you're like, no. You know, we don't understand what that person has gone through. Um, we don't understand the dynamics of sometimes how your your father may have grown up. You don't know the situations or the circumstances. Everyone has their own demons to deal with. Everyone has their own things. And sometimes the expectations, you know, manage your child's expectations. You yes. know, um, expectations is a big thing. Sometimes because we'll do it doesn't mean that person's going to do it. They might not have the capability. You know, you you might be with somebody that never has been told by their mother that they love them. 
They've never heard the word I love you come from either one of their parents, their mother or their father. So they're not capable of knowing to say that, you know, um, we made a choice to have children by people. That was our choices. That might not have been the choice that they were looking for. You know, it was both of us had an obligation to do the things to protect ourselves and not bring a child in the world. But I, I don't ever believe on downplaying or, or dogging the other parent. You know, let that child formulate their own opinion, but then also allow, let tell that child that, you know, there's another side of the story. You know, when you get older, have that conversation. You know, I know you're disappointed now, but that has nothing to do with you. The reason they're showing up has nothing to do with you. It's all about what is going on with them. So that's my tidbit. And that's what I want to leave you with today. Just um, be there, love, support your child. Don't don't bad, bad mouth and badger about, you know, just don't do that. And yeah. uh, that, that helps with your children. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Also, don't discourage your children from doing things that they like, you know, in, in, a, in a healthy sense. You know, you, you know, you you live in a place where everybody's about football and basketball and your kid wants to play soccer. Let that kid play soccer. Let that kid let that kid go wrestle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let that kid play tennis, you know, um, and and kind of like you know, just yeah, just parents, single parents raising their children. Don't don't badmouth like the opposite sex, you know. Don't tell you know dads. Don't tell your daughters that that. Uh, they're expected to be this type of woman to find a good man because you know the the type of good man that you're trying to push them towards might be not be the type of man that they need in their lives and you know don't shame your children don't don't talk down like you said don't talk down to them don't don't talk bad on their you know their other parent because you know, it it affects kids very, like especially young age. It affects them tremendously on how they view their their other parent. You know, like you've never said anything bad to me about my father, and you know, even when I was younger, I used to be like, you know, I I I hate him, and you told me no, you you don't hate him, like you shouldn't hate him he has a lot that that's going on with his life that he has a lot like that happened to him too. And, you know, it's things that we don't know. And then, you know, I'm, I'm older now and I've learned so much and I'm like, damn, excuse my language. This, this, you know, I'm, wow, this is, it all makes sense now why, you know, he, he's the way he is. And you know, disappointed then, but understanding now is better than living a life full of hate for a person that you don't fully understand. 
Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that we got a chance to, to talk today and get, you know, get your perspective on different things and, you know, the encouragement of, um, to our, our young men and women of color out there, you know, about just be you enjoy life and I want to thank you I know this was like oh my god my mom put me on the spot why is she interviewing me why are we talking about these things but you know I'm I'm like I said I'm very proud of you I'm proud of the man that you have become that you are still growing into um I love you um thank you for um taking time to to be here today and and um joining me and giving people a different perspective that we all don't have to be the same. Even though we come from certain areas, we are in charge of how we choose our lives and that no matter what anyone says or how they say you're going to be, that you are in charge of your own destiny. It's not what anybody else thinks. It's what you choose to do. Okay. Thank you for being here, Terrence. And um, of course. I appreciate and love you so much. So thank you. Maybe we'll get your sister on here. She's like, oh no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to hear how you did with Terrence first. So you know, <laughs> tell her it wasn't so bad. Maybe she'll join us on one of these segments. But um, again, thank you and uh, go uh, enjoy your girls. Yeah, uh, I will say I I very much appreciate that you thought about me when you're doing the, with doing this, and I would definitely love to do this again in the future. Okay, so um, maybe maybe we'll come on and talk about like being in the military and what it's like and how people can uh what they need to do uh to to pursue a career in the military. Yeah, that's. That, that would be a great topic of discussion and I am here for it. You know, this is a different type of show. We could tell sea stories, but. <laughs> well, we might can. We'll, 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 we'll see how we go. <laughs> I'll bring out the PG rated ones. Yeah. All right, then. Thank you. And you have a good day. You as well. Love you. I love, love you so much. You. All right. Love you too.